Well, hey, Five Oaks family, John here. For those of you who may be new to Five Oaks or tuning in for the first time, we welcome you. And uh, I get to serve as our family and discipleship pastor here at Five Oaks. And this weekend, we're continuing in our prayer series. And uh, specifically this weekend, we're going to look at two prayers that Jesus prayed and three ways that we can find hope when we're experiencing a season where our prayers are going seemingly unanswered. And along the way, we're going to look at a couple different stories and some different pieces of scripture to help us to have a God-centered perspective on prayer. And uh, so I'm going to take you to a couple different locations that represent some of our unanswered prayers in certain seasons of our lives. And uh, we're going to move pretty quickly, and there's a lot here, so hang on to your seats. But, but before we get there, let's start our time in prayer. Heavenly Father, Teach us to trust in your love for us and help us trust in your faithfulness. As we look to your word, we ask that you would teach us by your Holy Spirit. Reveal your truth. Show us how to love you more. And remind us that you are always working for our good as we walk in your ways and in the purpose that you have for us. Lead us to listen to your call and keep us close to you, and remind us that you are always close to us. Amen. Well, as we've journeyed through this prayer series the last five weeks, I hope you've also been able to engage with the prayer course. Uh, the prayer course is exactly what it sounds like, and if you're just hearing about it for the first time, don't be intimidated. Actually, be encouraged. Uh, you can go to prayercourse.org, and there you will find eight short videos that will help you to deepen your prayer life by looking at the Lord's Prayer in some really meaningful and, and deepening ways. Uh, the prayer course is one of the supplemental resources that we've been using along with our prayer series. And it's also been a resource that many of our small groups are using to, uh, to engage around during, during this season and in this prayer series. And uh, so you can go to prayercourse.org and you know, don't be discouraged if you haven't watched all of them. You can go back and, and watch them and watch them again uh, if you need to. Pete Gregg, who is the creator of the prayer course, says this about prayer. The most basic form of prayer is going to God when we need help. But what about when our prayers go seemingly unanswered? Unanswered prayers are one of the nagging questions and doubts that many of us have in our journey with God. And so as we step into uh, to, to what this looks like, I'm going to take you to a couple locations that represent seasons in our lives when we experience unanswered prayer. I'm here at Lakewood Cemetery in Minneapolis. It's actually just down the street from where Jill and I had our first apartment almost 20 years ago, believe it or not. And uh, after we moved in, we both remembered people raving about how beautiful the grounds were here and how peaceful and quiet and serene it was. And it certainly is those things. Uh, the chapel behind me is a historic chapel because of the mosaic tile artwork inside. And it is, it's just a pretty incredible sight to be seen. The chapel dome is 65 feet high and ringed with stained glass windows that serve as a sundial telling the time of day and season. Four large mosaic figures representing love, hope, faith, and memory are situated on the sidewalls below the dome. It is breathtakingly beautiful. Cemeteries, though, are not oftentimes remembered as 
these wonderful places that we really look forward to going to. Most of the time they represent really difficult seasons in our lives, seasons of loss, seasons of pain and hurt as we usually are remembering the loss of a loved one or celebrating someone's life um, when we're in a cemetery. And um, when we think of our prayers, oftentimes coming to a cemetery can remind us of prayers that we've prayed that maybe went unanswered. This past week, I had a guy out to our house to take a look at a door that we had had installed and wasn't closing quite right. And while we were looking at the door, um, he shared with me that within the last three months, his wife had passed away. And um, he shared the pain and heartache of not being able to have a funeral for her and, um, and how sudden and tragic uh, her life ended. Um, she suffered a brain aneurysm in their living room and never woke up. And uh, as he explained the pain and heartache, uh, he said the most devastating part of his journey thus far has been the prayers that he has prayed after her death. They've been prayers asking God why and wondering what the purpose of this could be for him and for his family. And so he's looking to God for those answers but is not receiving any answers as of yet. And so as we talked about it, he expressed to me that if I could pray for one thing for him, it would be wisdom and knowledge and understanding so that he could begin to understand um, what purpose his wife's passing could have for him going forward. I'm outside Woodwinds Health Campus here because our health and the health of our loved ones is often something that drives us to pray particularly when our good health is in question or we're experiencing a serious medical issue. Our health and livelihood is, is also something that, and, and praying for those things is also something that brings on a lot of questions about the efficacy of prayer. That is how prayer works and how much God responds when we pray. And, uh, and, and, and if God really acts in accordance to the things that we pray. For many of us, it's a source of great doubt and great struggle when we have unanswered prayers for our own health or for the health of a loved one. About three years ago, I lost a dear friend pretty suddenly uh, after he experienced some medical complications after a pretty routine procedure. And uh, it, it didn't happen in a few hours. It happened over the course of a few days. And in that few days, I remember the community of faith that rallied around my friend Bill and how many people prayed for him. And the number of people that stayed up through the night uh, petitioning God on Bill's behalf for his health and for his life. But Bill still passed away. And it's one of the most tragic losses that I've experienced in my life and it still sticks with me that all of the prayers that were prayed seem to have gone unanswered. Bill was a husband and a father and a grandfather and one of the best at being a grandfather. It was as though it was his calling in life to, to be a grandfather. And as I think about the wake that is left in his absence, it just doesn't make any sense. 
and it causes me to doubt whether or not God heard those prayers and uh, what his plan was to, to not heal Bill and to not grant him, uh, one of his followers, good health. And so our health is one of those things that we pray for and it's one of the things that, that can cause us to have doubt when we experience unanswered prayers for things that seem like they would be in accordance with God's character and God's plan. I'm here right at the, at the scene where George Floyd was killed. And I wanted to come down here and um, film a segment of my sermon here because uh, I feel like as we talk about unanswered prayer, prayers for justice and equality our prayers that certainly seem unanswered and at times even unheard. I have to submit to you that I have recognized during this time how little I pray for equality and justice. And I'm recognizing that that's because in my own life day to day, I don't experience a level of inequality or a level of injustice that drives me to my knees. And uh, I'm convicted, even as I say this, to make that a more regular part of my prayer life and to be engaged and involved so that it is something that I'm thinking about and wrestling with on a daily basis. But as we talk about unanswered prayer, this is a big question mark. Why is this a prayer that so many have prayed that has gone unanswered? So what do we do with this question of unanswered prayer? Well, like many of you, this is a question that causes my own faith great doubt from time to time. One of the things that we have to remember and guard ourselves against when we begin to have these experiences is that we have to recognize that our experiences can begin to lead us to believe things about God that aren't true. And this is what we call a false narrative. when. It's when our experiences about something or with something begin to speak louder than what we know to be true of that thing. In this case, our experiences with unanswered prayer begin to lead us to believe things about God that are not consistent with what we know to be true about his character. And it can cause us to spiral into a crisis of faith and begin to lose hope. To maintain a true narrative of how God answers prayer, we can look to Jesus and the way Jesus lived. Jesus engages in prayer in a way that suggests that prayer is about connection, wisdom, and returning to the will of the one who is writing the story. This past week, Jill and Eden were running some errands and Eden asked to see Jill's phone. Well, anytime your eight-year-old asks to see your phone, you ought to pause for a moment. But Eden insisted because she wanted to use Jill's uh, note-taking application to, to write a note. And uh, Jill went and looked at the note later on and discovered that Eden had written this. She had written that hope is not lost. It is only found. Make this time the best time, even though you might find it the worst. Oftentimes, seasons of unanswered prayer really feel like the worst, and many times they are. Because not only are we experiencing a difficult season, but we suddenly feel alone and without God. And so I want to offer you three ways to find hope in the midst of unanswered prayer. The first way for us to find hope when we're experiencing unanswered prayer 
is to remember and trust that God wants to hear from us. As we take a look at these three things that we can do that will help us to trust God in the midst of unanswered prayers, I, I want to encourage you to be engaging with the prayer course resources. It is a resource that will change your life, not only now in this season, but going forward. It will help to shape your prayer life. And uh, it, so one of the ways that we know that God hears us when we pray is that it, we can look at the story of blind Bartimaeus. And we see this story in, in Mark chapter 10 and uh, Bartimaeus and Jesus have an, an encounter and Jesus asks Bartimaeus what his need is, what he wants. And it's quite obvious that Bartimaeus is blind, but Jesus wants for Bartimaeus to articulate his need so that he can address it specifically. And from this, we, we can understand that, that there's a narrative about prayer that, that we can see in Jesus's life. And so when those narratives in our own minds begin to speak louder than the narratives that we see in Jesus, we can go back to stories of how Jesus interacted with people and how he listened to, to remember, remind ourselves that this is how God listens to us. Now, Bartimaeus' request was granted on the spot, and our requests are not always granted on the spot. Uh, but, but one thing is for sure that despite the fact that God knows our needs before we say them, he desperately wants for us to articulate them to him. And there's an encouragement in Mark 7 to, to ask and to, to keep asking, to seek and to keep seeking, and to knock and to keep knocking. That is, that there is, there is power in remembering that God hears you. And that if we remember that God hears us and trusts that he hears us, we can have confidence to continue to let ourselves be heard. Now, those two points came from uh, part of the prayer course a couple weeks ago, and so you can go back and listen to that session if you will, but, um, but just a powerful reminder that God hears us. The second way that we can trust God when our prayers go unanswered is, is to remember that God cares. God cares about our prayers. He cares about our lives. He cares about our well-being, and uh, he cares about the emotions that we're experiencing and the circumstances that we're experiencing. And, and again, when we have unanswered prayers, this is one of the things that that narrative that, uh, that, that can begin to develop starts to speak against, that it, it, it begs to uh, cause us to doubt whether or not God cares for us. If he cares, why wouldn't he answer our prayers? And one of the ways that we can combat that is, again, to go back to the, to the narrative that Jesus gives us on God's character. Uh, I'm going to give you a, one site here for one such story, but this is the way Jesus lived. And Jesus, as the visible expression of an invisible God, uh, this is littered throughout the New Testament. Almost every story that we read about Jesus reminds us that we have a God who cares about us and about our circumstances, about our trials and our tribulations and about our joys and successes. And uh, so in Mark 5, uh, Jesus is, is walking through a crowd and a woman touches him to receive healing and he stops instantly and he sits with her and, and he listens to her whole story. So not only does God hear her, but he listens to her. He listens to her in such a way that it expresses care. And his disciples are looking at him like he's a crazy person for stopping in the middle of this huge procession. But Jesus cares enough about this woman's circumstances that he stops what he's doing to listen to her and to meet her need. 
Now again, this is another expression of, of a time when a request went out to Jesus and he responds immediately. And uh, we need to remember that even when God doesn't respond on our terms, he still most definitely cares for us. The third way that we can find hope when we're experiencing unanswered prayer is to trust that God always responds. When we're experiencing seasons of unanswered prayer, it's important for us to hang on to the narrative that Jesus shows us and that scripture reminds us of, that God is always working to answer our prayers according to his will. The two main passages that we have for our sermon this weekend are the Lord's Prayer and the story of Jesus praying in the garden. In this story, Jesus asks three times for the cup that's been given him to be removed, but it's not removed. When we think of unanswered prayers, most of us think of, of prayers that we prayed that were not answered in the way that we hoped they would be, or prayers that weren't answered in the timing that we hoped that they would be. And right here is a, is a critical point for us to remember that God cares, God hears, and God always responds. He may not respond according to our timing or according to our will. He will respond to his, and that, that response might be yes, it might be no, and it might be not yet. But rest assured, God is going to respond to our prayers. Prayer is not about getting God to say amen to our will. Prayer is about us saying amen to his will. Scripture reminds us in Isaiah 55 that our ways are not God's ways and our plans are not God's plans. And as discouraging as that may seem, the passage in Isaiah goes on to remind us that, but as the rain comes and doesn't return without accomplishing its purpose, so is God's word and God's plan. It will not go out from him without accomplishing the purpose for which it was sent. And as we pray, it's our opportunity to align our lives and our prayers with God's will as we wait for him to respond. Take, for example, the prayer that Jesus is praying in this passage. He's, he's praying that this cup be removed from him. And although we don't read an audible or even inaudible answer from God, because of what happens next, we presume that God's answer was no. And in that moment, Jesus is showing us what it looks like to align our will with God's will and to walk faithfully towards that which God is holding out to us. In this moment, Jesus can't see what's coming. And it's, it's one of these divine mysteries a little bit that how much did Jesus know about what was coming? He certainly is God, but in that moment, Maybe he's experiencing a level of humanness that is bringing him more fear and anxiety than he's experienced before as he prepares to step into something that begins to feel very different than, than many of the things he's done before. And so Jesus becomes this incredible example to us as God himself lays down his own desire for the sake of what has to be accomplished. And we can take faith knowing that in those same situations in our lives, that there's a resurrection coming that we can't see yet. 
And by resurrection, I don't just mean the type of resurrection that's happening after we die. I mean the resurrection of our prayers now, that there will be a prayer that we've prayed that will come to life in a way that we never thought possible. And while we wait for God's response, we do so knowing that our prayers are drawing us not only closer to his will, but closer to his heart. As followers of Christ, we celebrate communion as a way of, of remembering the power of Christ's resurrection. And so I invite you now to take some bread and remember Jesus' body broken for you. And now take the cup and remember Jesus' blood shed for you. If you have kids that aren't yet receiving communion, I invite you to, to pray the blessing that you'll see on the screen shortly over them. And then offer them the sweetness or the, a taste of the sweetness of God's love with a taste of honey or jelly. Go ahead and do that now.